And if you can open up your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, that is our scripture reading for today that I'm going to be preaching from. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray before we dive into um, the preach word together. Gracious God, your word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Today, when we hear your voice being proclaimed through your scriptures, Lord, deliver us from the hardness of heart. Help us to put away everything that keeps us from persevering in your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I would like you to imagine that you organized a fight between light and darkness. Would it be a fair match? No? The conflict would be completely unfair. Darkness flees at the sight of light. Think about it. Even on the darkest night, if you light a match, it tends to light up the whole room. Just that small flame can cause you to see again. Light penetrates darkness and its defeat is unavoidable. And we see this also throughout church history. During the Reformation, people adopted the Latin phrase, pos tenebras lux, which means life, light, sorry, after darkness. The phrase became a battle cry when Christians rediscovered the grace and truth revealed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. On the 31st of October, 1517, 500 years ago, Martin Luther, the bold German reformer, nailed 95 theses against the door of the church in Wittenberg. Luther showed how the papacy, which was the Roman Catholic Church of those times, had distorted the word of God and had lost sight of the apostolic vision that was carried on, the word of God, the truth that was carried on throughout the ages of the church. In this event, Luther could not have understood the monumental impact of his resistance to the church. His actions influenced and changed not only the church from inside, but the whole of Western philosophy and ethics. Luther, the little candle, stood up against forces of the dark age, and the darkness could not overcome the spiritual flame at work in him. God used one little spark from the pen of his servant to set the world ablaze with grace and truth. And many people experienced the good news of Jesus for the first time as the light was penetrating the dark age. The light is triumphant over darkness. And today we are beginning a new teaching series, as we know, on the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle says this, quote, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light in John chapter 1 verse 5 is a victorious, invincible light. But what is this light? 
And what is this darkness that is being overcome? Well, if you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that light represents, well, is in fact, the presence of the Lord. And darkness is what opposes, stands in opposition to that presence. And we see this in Scripture when we read through these passages, that those who walk in the light are close to God. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 5 says, Oh, house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And we also see those who are far from the Lord. The light of the wicked is put out and the flame of his fire does not shine. And so the testimony of the Old Testament, to summarize, is of a battle between light and darkness. Good! And evil, purity and corruption, God and Satan, the devil. But even though it appears like God is losing at times, there was great hope when these scriptures were crafted, particularly in the time of Isaiah. Isaiah 9 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has shone. God promised through Isaiah that a great light would come who would conquer the darkness in Israel and illuminate the rest of the world. And so who is this great light? Well, John teaches us that the great light is firstly a person. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, that's a person, he, was in the beginning with God. He is a person who is pre-existent. He is before all history, all time, all space. He's in the beginning. This Word, this he, is in the beginning. He's also a person who is in relationship. He's close to the presence of God. In fact, he's the Word and he's with God. But he develops this further. He's a person who's not just with God. He is also considered divine. He is distinct from God, but is also God. Is your mind blown there? He's distinct from God, but is also God. And there's one God. How do we make sense of this? Well, think about the Trinity. This, this he, this person, is the second person of the Trinity who is with the Father from the very beginning. And he's a person who is known as the Word, the voice of God that goes forth out into the world. This self-revealing uh, voice of God. And so who is this person, this great light? Well, he's divine. He's pre-existent. He's the Word of God. And he's a person. The pure light in creation is a divine person who existed before all time and space and he's the wise and holy self-expression of God in the creation. Spoiler alert, this is who the Gospel of John is all about and we know his name, just say it, Jesus. This is Jesus. And John at the beginning of his Gospel wants us to blow our minds. He wants us to see how big this Messiah King who is entered entering into our dark world is. He's divine. He's pre-existent. He is with the Father. He is God himself. Come flesh in man. And so the great light promised in Isaiah and revealed here in John is a person 
He's the Word. He's Jesus. And he's not just a person known as the Word. He's also the Maker. Look with me at verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He's not only a pure light whose voice is heard, he is the God who speaks creation into existence. The all-powerful light is the one through whom every particle, every cell, every atom exists. Wow. He did not arrange minerals and materials that floated through the galaxies with no origin or meaning. He created things ex nihilo from nothing. He spoke and bam, creation. The personal word of God spoke everything that we see, everything that we love, everything that we enjoy in this creation into reality. The deep universe, the ocean floors, the laws of nature, everything. Through the power of his divine voice, he said, let there be light and skies and land and seas and trees and humanity and you and wonder and delight and glory and enjoyment and even worshipping communities like us. He brought that into existence as well. Life itself belongs neither to Mother Nature nor our mental powers. Everything owes its existence to the Word, to Jesus. Look around at the creation. What do you love? This is not rhetorical. What do you love? Sunrises. Yes. Sunsets. Well, I now love flowers particularly yellow ones. What do you call them? Canola. I love canola. <laughs> I went out there and stood in the middle of the field the other day and I was just looking out. I was like, wow, that is wonderful. All these things are for our enjoyment. All the things are created by Jesus Christ, the voice of God who spoke them into existence. The world is here because God himself acted through his word the world exists because the word spoke it into being. And I love the great conclusion in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. He expresses, Paul expresses this truth wonderfully about Jesus being the creator. By Jesus, he uses the word him here, but it's referring to Jesus. By Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Psalm 148 therefore says, let us then praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and all things were created and he established them forever and ever. The triumphant light, Jesus Christ is the maker. And that's my second point. And this comes to my third point about Jesus, the great light in the opening verses of John. He is the life. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The great light, who is the maker, is also the source of all life. Think of the creation story. In Genesis 1, the first act of God was to call forth light, 
God then separated the light from the darkness. That light made it possible for life to exist. Then on the fifth and sixth days of creation, God's creatures um, climaxed in the creation of man, the creation of humanity. What is the point of John? His point is that that life in creation that we enjoy and see has its source primarily in Jesus. And that's not just the physical life. One of the big things in John is it's also our spiritual life. We only can have faith because of Jesus. Remember when you first believed, if you have made that confession, remember that time or that period in life when you started to trust in Jesus. That faith that indwells your heart now, which gives you the full assurance of salvation, even though you die, will die, has its origins in Jesus. Jesus is the source of all physical and spiritual life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Yeah. Yeah. John is rich, isn't it? Well, how do I sum up what I've just shared? Jesus Christ, the great light, is the word, the he, the voice of God. He is the maker, the creator of all life. He is the life, the source of our life, both physical and spiritual. But what does this mean for us? Well, it means everything. Because Jesus is the personal word, the maker and the life, John tells us in verse 5 that darkness has no match. Before the triumphant victor, spiritual ignorance, blindness, sinfulness and Satan really stand no chance. When the light shines before men, we are unshackled from our slavery to Satan, sin and death. That's when the light truly shines upon our hearts. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light that separated darkness from light in the beginning has the same power to defeat the darkness that rules and reigns over our very hearts. He's already done it in creation. He can do that spiritually as well. When he shines upon us through his word, preached especially, he conquers us. He conquers us to the, to the core of our being and says, restless child, you're, you're experiencing much pain, much anxiety, much frustration living in this broken world in which we talked about in Ecclesiastes. He's now saying, it's now time to follow me. It's now time to walk in the light, following Jesus, what does it mean? It means to no longer walk in darkness, following your old master, no longer to live for the lies of this world, no longer lust after the pleasures of this flesh, no longer live isolated in the night without any hope. Jesus said, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. He says, believe in Jesus, the triumphant light. And friends, this believing is not just mere lip service. When Jesus says believe, he also says, live a new life. Walk 
while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And so when the light of Christ shines upon you, you first, the first step is to believe, to trust, to let the light conquer you, to drive out the darkness, the seclusion, the isolation of living apart from Christ and his church. And then to put on the new life, to begin walking in the light, to putting away that wickedness, that, that sin that you once lived in light of, and clothing yourself with righteousness, truth, peace, joy, all that comes from God, God, all that gives life. Only then will we fulfill the words of Jesus in Matthew 5:14, where Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And so my question when I'm thinking about that is, when people look at you, what do they see? Darkness or someone conquered by light, overcome by light? In, when you work, walk into the workplace, do people see that you glow with the phosphorus of heaven? Or do they see someone hiding in the dusk of night? without hope. It's a challenging question to ask, isn't it? Are you a city on the hill that shines and glows and invites the lost so that they can be found? Or does the way you live now, is it no different to before you started? Believing with your words. The reformers became that city, a people who set the world ablaze with the light and truth of the gospel. And here's the good news. This can happen again through people uniting together, full of the Holy Spirit, full of life and saying, Lord, come upon me in power, shine upon me, make me believe and make me clothe myself in light. And so my big challenge today is really this. My encouragement is for you. Well, my prayer really is for you to be conquered by the light. My prayer is that the triumphant light will overcome us all. That we will be overcome by the light and then walk in the light. Only then will we have the right to sing these words crafted by H. Ernest Nichol in 1896. Words like these. We have a song to be sung to the nations that shall lift their hearts to the Lord, a song that shall conquer evil and shatter the spear and sword. For the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. That's my prayer for you guys, that you do represent Christ, that you may glow with his light. But first, that light must overcome you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this prologue of John. We thank you that it reveals much of who Christ is, that he is our life, that he is the maker, 
that He's the second person of the Trinity, the Word become flesh, the voice of creation. And we thank You that this creative, great light, Your Son, continues to work in our world, bringing dead people to life. Lord, we do pray that You overcome us with this light, His light. Conquer our hearts so that we may live for You as a city on a hill, full of Your light for a world that is broken and living in sin. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.